Hello, we've got our second picture of salvation for you today on Search for Truth. This is your Christian Bible study program, of course, with your Bible teacher, Brian Johnston. It's great to have your company. Yes, Brian brings us the second talk of this four-part series today called Pictures of Salvation. This time, it's all about the Bible truth of justification. It's linked with our situation as slaves to sin, but because the wages of sin is death and separation from God forever, God tells us we're all awaiting his ultimate judgment for sin. But let's hear Brian now as he expounds the Bible theme of justification. Thanks, John. Last time, as you indicated, we were thinking about society in New Testament times, in the then Roman world. We were thinking about how slavery was an everyday fact of life then, and how the Apostle Paul, directed by the Holy Spirit, drew upon this background in one of the main pictures of salvation he used, that of being set free from sin's spiritual slavery. It's a different kind of freedom that we want to explore now, not so much ethical, but legal. Today, we turn our searchlight on another favourite source of illustration for Paul. In doing so, we make our way from the slave market to the law courts. Paul was certainly aware of his legal rights as a Roman citizen. Once, he escaped a flogging because he asserted his rights as a Roman citizen. Paul had an incisive mind, and in his own defence at times, he went head to head with the best advocates of the day. Perhaps the Roman legal system was the greatest strength of the Roman Empire after its armies. The rights of citizens were firmly upheld in its courts. Then, as today, cases in court were decided by argument between lawyers, and judgments by elected magistrates were based on earlier decisions. Roman law has had an influence, a significant influence, on legal systems down to the present day, certainly in Europe. Sometimes when sharing the Christian message, Paul seems to use legal language and forensic terms, his reasoning no doubt reflecting the legal processes of the time. It's worth looking at this, because, as we say, we believe the Holy Spirit was directing Paul in his choice of the language and terms that we find in the Bible. When writing to his Christian friends, at the very heart of the empire in Rome, Paul argues that all, both Gentile and Jew, yes, all, have sinned. As we read through to the end of the third chapter of his letter to the Romans, it's as if the death sentence has already been passed, for such is the wages of sin. And we, the prisoners, are helplessly awaiting the inevitable upon death row. There's a mounting sense of dread suspense, as if the footsteps of the executioner are getting nearer and nearer to the cell on death row where the prisoner is housed. As I quote verses from these chapters, one after another, think of them as footsteps drawing nearer to a convicted prisoner. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven 
against all ungodliness. God gave them over to a depraved mind to do those things which are not proper. Therefore, you have no excuse. The judgment of God rightly falls upon those who practice such things. But because of your stubbornness and unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to each person according to his deeds. I see all these verses fall like heavy footsteps, sounding louder and louder. As it is written, there is none righteous, not even one. All have turned aside. There is none who does good. Because by the works of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For through the law comes the knowledge of sin. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. These verses fall upon our ears like the unrelenting footsteps of the executioner as he draws ever nearer to our condemned cell. Condemned, convicted and broken by the realisation that all this is true, we sit and await the inevitable. The hand of the executioner begins to turn the door handle. Then suddenly, at verse 24 of the third chapter of the Romans letter, it's as if the cell door is suddenly flung open and we read, being justified as a gift by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus. Try to visualise it with me. It's as if light suddenly and unexpectedly pours into our cell. In a dramatic pronouncement, we're declared free to go. Free! Made free! And not simply forgiven, but reckoned not guilty. Who could blame us for standing there, blinking with surprise? But this is no jailbreak. There's no miscarriage of justice involved in this. No, justice has been satisfied because of the work of Christ. Paul continues by explaining that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, hung and died on the cross 2,000 years ago for the demonstration of God's righteousness so that God could be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. It's precisely this language of justification that's taken from the legal system. It's a declaring of someone as righteous or just. The word's a forensic one, and one that's not used in Greek literature for making righteous, but used instead for the reckoning of righteousness. It consists of the non-reckoning of sins. Romans chapter 4 is a good place to see that. In the language of one Bible version we read there, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wage is not credited as a favour, but as what is due. But to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited as righteousness. 
just as David also speaks of the blessing on the man to whom God credits righteousness apart from works. Blessed is the man whose sin the Lord will not take into account. We know what it means to receive a credit payment on some statement of account. In a different context, we may even have experienced getting credit for something we haven't done, credit we don't deserve. But isn't it amazing to think that, knowingly, God's prepared to do just that, to credit us with something we don't deserve, credit that we haven't earned, on the evidence of our faith alone, just as it was with Abraham. God will credit us with righteousness, meaning our sins will not be reckoned against us. Suddenly our guilt, our debt, the debit balance of our account with God is transformed into credit. It's pure grace, activated on our part by personal faith. As verse 16 says, For this reason it is by faith, in order that it may be in accordance with grace. And returning to the story of Abraham, it adds, Therefore it was also credited to him as righteousness. Now not for his sake only was it written that it was credited to him, but for our sake also, to whom it will be credited, as those who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered over because of our transgressions and was raised because of our justification. So this is another important picture of salvation, drawn up for us by the Spirit of God against the background of the Roman and subsequent legal systems. One in which we've seen, I trust, that this Bible word justification is the legal and formal acquittal from guilt by God as judge, the declaring of a verdict of not guilty. How good it is to know that we're no longer guilty before a holy God as a result of having put our faith in Jesus Christ, his Son. And what a wonderful pronouncement by God the judge, the pronouncement of the sinner as righteous, whenever he or she believes on the Lord Jesus Christ. As someone has pointed out, there's an easy way to think of the word justified, simply sounded out as just as if I'd never sinned. Have you believed the Bible's good news message? 
Do you know the joy of the justified, as our hymn says? All our talks are available online or as a transcript book to help in further study. And if you missed a programme, then you can catch up. So here's how to get the transcript book. If you want to, you can get it yourself by downloading a copy from churchesofgod.info forward slash media. You could then print your own copy from your computer. If you're not able to do that and need to request a hard copy book, just write in and ask for pictures of salvation. You can use email or the post and here's our address. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wootton Bassett, Swindon SN48DY UK. Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. Now, by going to www.searchfortruth.podbean.com, you can actually download the programmes onto your own device for re listening and perhaps listen to them in your car as you travel. So, it's been a pleasure to enjoy your company today and I hope you'll join us next week when Brian will be looking into another picture of salvation and explaining the Bible word, propitiation. So, I look forward to your company next time, but till then, it's goodbye and very best wishes from our Bible teacher Brian, our producer David, our singers and me, John. So, see you again soon. And may God richly bless you. Lord God, amen.